TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. I think we really got something here. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The Nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the nightcap, Jody Biasi. It is a return of Mike Jafari Wednesdays. So it's not a show about nothing. Well, it still is a show about nothing, for sure. Um, all right. So Mike Jafari Wednesday. What's up? How are you? Um, I'm well. I missed you guys. There was a hesitation there. Yeah. Hmm. Is there was a odd night of no hockey practice, so I'm here. Love it. And Sabres are off, of course. They're off till next week. And I did want to spend some time on them, though, so we'll get to that. Um, the Bills are doing stuff at the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl's on Saturday. Pro Bowl on Sunday, if that has to be said. And uh, Tyree Jackson, one name down there. It seems like Anthony Johnson, UB receivers, impressing. So we'll uh, spend a little time on that later in the show. I also am a big basketball fan. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, so I won't spend too much time on it. But at uh, 8 o'clock, I'm going to bring on Nate Geary just for like a few minutes of basketball talk because there's some stuff happening in the NBA. And uh, I want to chat about it, so uh, we're going to bring Nate on to do that in about an hour. But like I said, I wanted to talk a lot about the Sabres tonight, even though they're off this week. Uh, there are still things happening that affect them in terms of off-the-ice stuff. we got a report. I think we want to call it a report, or it's just uh, talk from Pierre Lebrun. Uh, yesterday on uh, Hockey Insiders, or on uh, TSN, basically saying that after the All-Star weekend is wrapped up with, and once we get into February, that the Sabres are going to start contract negotiations with Jeff Skinner and that he wants to stay in Buffalo. So that's one thing kind of affecting them right now. Two, we've got the trade deadline. I mean, it's it's coming. It's still, what, we got a month? Maybe a little less? Or around there? Like, it's it's on the horizon, and uh, that's the subject of my Twitter poll today. Um, really. Just laid out four different options, four different philosophies for what you'd like to see. Because they're going to do one of these things. My poll, at SneakyJoeWGR, at SneakyJoe. Yeah, at SneakyJoeWGR, was right. Four options. Which trade deadline option of these four would you want most? And they don't have to be this specific trade but essentially, it's kind of a look at like what do you want to do philosophically. Number one, trading lots for Matt Duchesne. Number two, trading some for a guy like Charlie Coyle. Number three, doing nothing. Number four, kind of the typical seller move that they've done in past years, which would be this year. I mean, you look at their UFAs, they've only really got one other than Jeff Skinner, who I would be stunned if that was even an option for them. Uh, trading Jason Palmonville for like a mid-round pick or something. So that's the poll. You can vote on that at Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter. Uh, I really think that they're in a spot where 
you can't really do anything right now. Other than, like, if you wanted to do, uh, at like a not too steep price trade, if you wanted to go get somebody and it didn't cost you that much, like Charlie Coyle's an example of that. Another player whose name has been mentioned in uh, trade rumors in the uh, in the past few days is Andre Burakovsky from the Washington Capitals. Had a bunch of people asking me on Twitter about him. Like, that's a good idea to me. That's a guy who's not going to cost you a whole lot. He's a better idea to me than others because he's only 23 years old. He's fast. Does he have great production? Not really, but a former first-round pick, and you could probably get him for not much. I mean, it seems like the Capitals, per reports, are just looking for a top-9 forward. Like, can I get... Can I get him for Vladimir Sabotka in like a third round pick? Or a second? I'm all in on that idea. Because they do need a little spark, right? They're playing well. They're not getting results, but I think they're playing all right. But they're not playing to the level that I think would get them into the playoffs right now, for sure. Even though they're playing well. Like, they got to get back on some sort of win streak. They got a seven game homestand coming up after two road games when they come back. And, like, they're going to need to put together five wins on that that stretch if they really want to be serious about making the playoffs this season. Because, you know, teams are starting to put a little gap between you. The Islanders are now nine points up on the Sabres. That was flipped, like, a month and a half ago. The Islanders are nine points up on the Sabres. The Capitals can't win a, can't win a game, but they're, they're six points above you. You're lucky Pittsburgh is on a bye this week, too, because they're four points up on you, and that's going to make it seem like you're closer than you really are. I don't really think it's a team that's capable of being caught, but they're the team right ahead of you right now. And then you've got the Montreal Canadiens, who realistically I think is the only team you can knock out, this this Sabres team. Unless they went all in on a move. Like, if they went out and traded for Matt Duchesne tomorrow, I don't think it's a good idea at all. But if they did that, this should be a playoff team. If you make a move like that, for sure. You should be able to catch a Montreal. You should be able to catch a Columbus. Even maybe a Pittsburgh with the goaltending they've been getting. Or maybe you even fly back and try to take on the Islanders. But unless something major like that happens, which I would not foresee happening and I would not want them to do in the first place, the Sabres are really staring at a playoff race right now. It's going to be between them and the Montreal Canadiens. you got to hope and pray that Carey Price continues to play the way he's been playing which is subpar. Really, he's been that for a couple years now. Their success this year, the Canadians, that is, has come from depth scoring, and their blue line has pretty much stayed healthy, other than Shea Weber missing the first uh, few weeks of the season. Because Carey Price, I had the stat last week, Robin Leonard, during his time with the Sabres, had a better save percentage than Carey Price. So think about what he's been doing in Montreal for the past couple years. He's been battling injuries, sure, but when he's been playing, he has not been the same Carey Price that we saw during his MVP level season a couple years ago. So you got to hope that, one, he does not turn things around, and two, you kind of need some puck luck to go your way because Montreal's been getting a little lucky. They're a decent possession team, but not quite to the level of where their, their record is. That's like the only team to me that like you could catch. You're not catching Toronto even though they're struggling a bit as of late. They've only won three of their last ten. But the Sabres did not take advantage of that. Leafs won three of their last ten. So the Sabres, and they got one overtime loss in there. You gained one point. It's not enough. So that's why Toronto's not realistic to me. Boston is just getting healthy. 
they were a team that when you had a gap or when you had a nice cushion over them earlier in the season, it was realistic to think they could finish above them. But now that they're healthy and now that they're up on you by five points, again, that doesn't seem realistic to me. It's going to come down to Sabres, Canadians. And which team is going to really want to buy in more? The team, Both teams are in different spots. Montreal does have a lot of young players. Cochran Yemi, the third overall pick that they have, who's played really well. Like He's a young, foundational piece for them. And you've got Drouin, who's fairly young. So is Max Domi. But they're not prospects by any means. They're in a different spot because their best two players, or who at least who should be their best two players, I don't think I would want to say that they are, but who they're paying to be their best two players are Carey Price and Shea Weber. And those are veteran players that the Montreal Canadiens, if, if I were talking sports in Montreal right now, I'd be saying, how can I capitalize on those guys right now while they're still in their primes? Because Shea Weber's 33, and he's... At some point, you think he's going to decline in a major way. Carey Price is 31, and both have enormous contracts. Those are, at some point, going to be a big burden to you. Don't forget about Carl Alsner. That's a terrible contract, too. The worst. And, for instance... He's not on the team, right? He's in the the AHL now? Yeah, Yeah, yikes. That was like two years ago he signed that. Yeah. Uh, Shea Weber is on a $7.8 million cap hit until 2026. He's 33 right now. He's under contract with that cap hit till 2026. So that's where they're at with that, which is why I think like that's a team that to me should go all in. Carey Price, too, 31 years old. Goalies do tend to last a little bit longer. He's under contract $10.5 million until 2026. So, I mean, he'll be upper 30s by the time that ends. Shea Weber will be in his 40s. Look at their big contracts. Jeff Petrie, 31 years old. You mentioned Carl Alsner, $4.6 million. I guess he's back with the team, according to Cap Friendly. You've got Thomas Tatar, their second highest paid forward, 28 years old. Brendan Gallagher, their third highest paid forward, 26. Not a prospect. Not old, but like that's where they're at. Then you turn and you look at the Sabres. You look at the way their cap is structured. You look at the way their most valuable pieces are age-wise. It's all youth. Jack Eichel, 22. Jeff Skinner is going to be the oldest at 26. Sam Reinhart, 23. Darlene, 18. Ristolainen, 24. Anybody else I should be throwing in here for a foundational piece? How about Linus Allmark at 25? He's probably this team's future starting goaltender. Really? And then Tage Thompson and Casey Middlestad. I should have mentioned them. 20 years old for Middlestad, 21 for Thompson. The players that the Sabres are relying upon for offense and to be their best players, for the most part, are young. And Montreal's in a different spot. So, really, that's another reason I think the Sabres, when they come back, they're going to need to start getting hot. Because once you get closer and closer to deadline time, Montreal seems a team to me that's much more likely to make a big swing on deadline day. And that doesn't have to totally work. See that. Totally. Yeah. It doesn't have to work. And in fact, it's a lot of times it's not a smart thing to do. But if we're talking just this year, they're already got a five-point advantage on you. And they're going to have the short-term advantage in the deadline, which is that they're in more of a win-now mode than the Sabres are. Should the Sabres be looking at rental guys like Mark Stone or Absolutely Wayne not. Simmons? Not to me. Not at all. I, I They got three first-round picks. So me and Brayton uh, kind of uncovered this earlier today uh, before uh, the afternoon show. 
There's been a lot of question on whether the Sabres can trade their two conditional first-round picks, and I think we got it buckled down. They can trade those picks. Paul thinks they can, our own Paul Hamilton. Uh, we got it confirmed from uh, Cap Friendly. They say that you can. They gave us an example, actually, of a trade that Dallas did, uh, I think, last year. That, that exact thing happened. They've traded a pick that was conditional. It was allowed. It's allowed in the NHL. So if the Sabres really wanted to do it, they have the capital. They have those first-round picks. I, is anybody out there really want to make the argument that they should make a move like that? Does anybody really out there think that they should go trade a first-round pick for Wayne Simmons? Or trade a first-round pick plus stuff for a Mark Stone? Or even more than that, probably, for a Matt Duchesne? Like, does anybody think that that's a good idea? Because a lot of times, fans can be over-aggressive at times. Like, it's, it's fair. You want to win. But I think most of us realize where this team is at. And it's tough to say, especially when they're on a playoff drought like this. Seven years, eight years, whatever it's going to be. You can't push for it, I don't think. I don't think you can push for it. Your main goal this year, I don't think, is to make the playoffs. It wasn't to me from the beginning. What I wanted was them to be in a race. But what I was shooting for for this team is make sure Darlene's the real deal. He is. Get Middlestad going. That's yet to happen. Like, make sure he can be your future second-line center. I'm still, jury's still out on that, but I would still be pretty encouraged that he can, at some point, turn into that. If not, if sooner rather than later, probably. Because you see the chances he gets. Like, he's just got to break through, I think. Get a little stronger next offseason. Like, he'll tweak some things. I think he'll be fine. See what you have in Thompson. Jury's still out on that, I would say. Allmark, same thing. Very impressed with him this season. Basically, watch the development of young guys because they have to be your core now. They got to be. You traded away. Tim Murray traded away a lot of the prospects that were going to make that up. So now we're this is what's left. And this year's finding out whether they're going to be the future. The present, to me, should come secondary. As tough as that is for me to say because I want this team desperately to make the playoffs. St- I'm starving for NHL playoff games. You know, you look for what Evander Kane got traded for, though. I mean, the Sabres shouldn't ignore, just completely be silent. The thing about if Kane, there's a bar, though, if there's a bargain to be had, if sure. you have like a second round pick or a third round pick that's going to take to pry a guy that's going to help your team, I think you do it. And that, that that would be option number two on my poll. I think that's that might be where I'm leaning. Uh, that would be like trading for a guy like Charlie Coyle. You're not going to have to give up that much. Sure, he'll help you. He's not going to be a huge difference maker for you. But I mean, like a player like that that you wouldn't have to pay a hefty price to get for the most part. I mean, you never know. I mean, Chicago got a first-round pick for Ryan Hartman last year, who I'm assuming a lot of people listening don't even know who that is. So, you could do that. Like, that would help you. But I don't know how many discounted players are like that out there. The thing about Kane was that he had a stigma around the league. I think unfairly, for the most part. But his value was in part determined by all the stuff and the noise that's been in the media with him. Deserved or not. That drove his price. Because if you look at him as just strictly a player, he was worth more than what you got. The Jeff Skinner trade is just a, it's a weird one. Like, I don't think you can count on that happening. That was another discounted player. And I'm sure there's been some speculation that maybe there was problems in Carolina. But I, that seems hard for me to believe right now. I think they were just looking to 
change things, and it didn't really matter what they got for it. So I don't know how many of those discounted players are out there. That is pretty much the only type of deal I would really want them to consider. It's the only type of deal I would guess that they're going to consider. But those are really their options. The other thing, too, if they don't really get hot here, we're not going to talk about buying at all. At all. We're going to be talking about selling again. If they're eight points out at some point, if they're eight points out at the deadline, are we talking about trading Jason Pominville for like a third or fourth round pick? I don't want to have that conversation. But they're, right now, their results are driving towards that conversation. And we're driving away from anything of the sort that would be adding to your team to try to get in the playoffs and help you once you're in the playoffs. Because mid-season NHL, Burakovsky seems to be out there for Washington. That's one example. But for the most part, you're not finding 23, 24-year-old forwards that are on team-friendly contracts mid-season. It's rare that that guy becomes available. And if he does, generally there's a reason for it, and generally the player is not elitely talented, like Burakovsky in Washington. It's like a 35, 40-point player for his career, at best. He's played limited minutes. Maybe if you were to bring him in here, you put him on a line with Eichel and Skinner. Maybe you put him on your second line, give him more than 13 minutes a night, which he's been averaging in Washington. He probably scores more than he's been scoring there, but he's not going to come in and just change the team over, and suddenly you're going to be winning games 7 out of 10 games. That move to do that would be too expensive, and I do not think that it fits with what this team is trying to accomplish this season at all. That's just talking forward. I don't think they'd make a move on the blue line. I don't really see an opportunity for that. Um, I wouldn't say they're strong on the blue line, but I wouldn't want to say they're weak, and I think they're deep. They already got a defenseman in Bullyu who seemingly wants out. So I don't know if there's a move to be made there. I would guess that there isn't. I love Lawrence Pilot. He had a very rough game in Vancouver, but look at his possession numbers. Look at his advanced metrics. Watch him on the ice. Other than Darlene, he's your best tape-to-tape passer from the blue line. I'd like to see... I, I was going to look this up, and I forgot. I'd like to see if he's improved the, the numbers of uh, Ristolainen. Because possession metrics, Corsi, Fenway, any of the advanced numbers, uh, shot generation, plus or minus... Ristolainen lacks severely in those areas, in those stats. And Pilot is getting a lot of credit for that, for being good in that area. They've played together a fair amount the past few weeks. I, I, actually, I, want, to, I want to dig into that, see if uh, Ristolainen's numbers have been improved by playing with Lawrence Pilot. Because if they have, like you, could, you have three-fourths of your top four. If Pilot can continue to be that, you've got Darlene, Ristolainen, say what you want about him. He's not a top-pair defenseman in my mind. If he is, he's a very low-end number two. But he's the top four defenseman. No doubt. You have three-fourths of a top four if Pilot continues to play like he is. So you just got to find one more. That's not something you would generally do midseason. So that's why I think if there's a move to be made here, it's option number two on my Twitter poll. I think trading for a guy like Charlie Coyle or Andre Burakovsky, a forward that's not going to cost you a whole lot, but will play probably in your top six, that's what you should be looking for. That's what I think they probably are looking for. 
Um, who was it? Mike Russo said that the Sabres had like five scouts at the Minnesota-Vegas game. They were having their scouting meetings in Vegas, so that might have just been by coincidence. But hey, Coyle's available. He makes sense, I think, in some aspects for the Sabres. They're winning, that though, aren't they? That could be a coincidence, too. Minnesota, they, for some reason, his trade, his name continues to be in trade rumors, though. Well, I don't they're, know not why. Gonna, they're not going to resign him. They're probably looking for maybe a younger guy with term. I think he has term. Hmm. Coyle? I don't, he doesn't have a, like a mega deal. Uh, it's not super expensive. And I think he's 26 years old. But, yeah, his contract is he's got one more year after this year at $3.2 million. Hmm. Very team-friendly. And like I said, he's not like a world beater. He is not going to come in and make this team amazing. But look at his I mean, look at his stats. He's got 24 points this year. Maybe they want Scandella back. 56 a couple years ago, 42 the year before that. Last year was a down year, 37 and 66. So, like I said, I, would not, I wouldn't want to be giving up a lot for that player, but... They do Especially love center. They need they need a second line center. Mm-hmm. They're missing that more than anything. Berglund was supposed to be the stopgap. I compared him to to AJ McCarron before the season. McCarron, when they brought him in here, when they signed him, ideally, what was his job? His job was to come in, win the job, be a bridge quarterback for whoever you pick in the first round. He'll play a few games until the rookie's ready. That's the idea to me, ideally, what you wanted Patrick Berglund to be. That a guy seems like such a long time ago. Right. But like that's a guy who scored 20 goals several times in the NHL, has played top six minutes a lot in St. Louis. You've got Casey Middlestad coming in for his first full season. If he's not ready to take on that role as number two center, well, I've got Patrick Berglund, 20-goal scorer. He can fill in until Middlestad's ready. Well, of course, we know what happened there. That went flying out the window, and then... The Sabres have been stuck essentially with three third-line centermen that have not been able to give them the production that you need from a second-line center. So if they can put position themselves in a place where we are seriously still in this race, and to me, like I said, I think that's the Sabres versus the Canadiens, if you can get yourself in a spot where you realistically think you can jump over Montreal by the end of the season, then... I'd want to make a move like trading for Charlie Coyle. Other than that, I think you're doing nothing. Or maybe you're making a minor move like you're trading Pommonville. And, like, you know, you might not even want to do that. Like, is that even worth a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick, whatever you'd get? His production's been all right. I mean, you could probably convince a team to give you something. I mean, Mike Weber got a third-round pick for the Sabres. But, you know, they, they, advised, they didn't do that when Gianta was here a couple years ago, when he was an upcoming UFA, just because, you know, Locker room guy. He's been around. He's done his work for you. Maybe this is Pominville's last year. Maybe not. He's UFA at the end of the year. So, like, I, again, I don't, I, don't even, I don't even want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about whether it's a good idea to trade Pominville or whether it matters enough. Does a third-round pick mean enough to do it? I, I don't even want to talk about it. What about a player like Nylander, a player that has so much promise but like could probably use a change of scenery? I could see them making a deal like that, kind of like the one year they did to Cassie and Hodson trade. It's a good idea. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I land on that. I'm gonna, how about this? I'm going to take five minutes to talk about it or think about it. 80305 min- Yeah. Wow. 803. Wow. I've said the number enough. I should know it. 803 is the phone number. Mike brings up Alex Nylander. Talk a little bit about him after the break. At this moment, about a month from the trade deadline, the Sabres should be thinking what for the deadline? Are we trading swinging big for Duchesne? Are we doing something smaller? Something that'll help you, but 
would still qualify you as a buyer? Are we on track to do nothing? Or do we sell off what we can? It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi, Mike Jafari here on WGR. The only way you can take WGR Sports Radio 550 with you is the Radio.com app. Download it today and listen to us anytime, anywhere. Brought to you by Geico Local Office, West Seneca. There was TSN's Pierre LeBron just a moment ago. Didn't make up the Jeff Skinner thing. There it is. I, 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 I believe you. I think he's on. I think he's on his biggest goal drought of the season. Five games now. I know what a drought. Um, I mean, you see what happens to the team though when he's not scoring. It's tough. Peter doesn't want to work, so I can't tell you if it's his big. I'm pretty sure it's his biggest goal. He didn't score for his first four games of the season. Uh, remember, he scored his first one in uh, Arizona, which is about the second week of the year. So yeah, that is. Uh, uh, four games. He's on a four-game drought right now because, remember, he scored in his return uh, against Carolina. The uh, man, the Sabres with those L's lately. You're just, I'm looking at his game log, and it brings up the result. Loss, win, loss, 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 win, loss, win, loss, loss, loss. You gotta, they got to stop with these losing streaks. Four games matches Jeff Skinner's uh, longest goal drought of the season. So we'll see if he's able to snap that uh, when they come back against Columbus. They're gonna need it. They're gonna they're gonna need to sign him, but we know that. We all know that. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number if you want to get in on what you think the Sabres should do at the trade deadline. Uh a few hundred of you voted so far. Nineteen percent trade lots for Duchesne. Forty seven percent, the leader in the clubhouse, trading something for a guy like Coyle. Sixteen percent do nothing. Eighteen percent trade number twenty nine, Jason Palmville, for a draft pick, which would uh qualify as selling. Adam says on Twitter, do nothing. It's not about the playoffs this year. It's about getting this these core games. Try to build some continuity. Alex just says Wayne Simmons. Brian, not a big fan of Coyle. More of a third-line center. If these are the choices, then I would trade Palmanville for a pick to a Stanley Cup contender. So he Sabatka, Coyle? I, don't, I think he's better than that, though. Sabotka. I thought so. We're watching him right now. Sabotka on this team. And we knew who he, what he was from the, begin, from the beginning. Not a great contract that St. Louis wanted off their books. All right, we'll take it, since you're giving us a first-round pick in Tage Thompson for, uh, for Ryan O'Reilly. He's good in his own end. He's a good penalty killer. He is one of the most inept centermen in the offensive end I've ever seen. I don't I, I, can't, I don't know how he's put up points in his career. He had 31 last year. 33 in 2014. Remember, he went over in the KHL for a while. There's nothing there. I don't see it. He's got 10 points this year. I don't know where that came from. Actually, a lot of it's come lately. He's got three assists in his last four games. Well, when you keep playing him. I just don't see creation. I don't see... Yeah, he's playing a lot of minutes. That's right. Not as much the last uh, couple games, but before that, I mean... 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 18, 21. Who's the agent that got him that deal? Holy cow. I mean, St. Louis, I mean, they, they give out, gave out some bad contracts. Berglund was another one. They probably wanted him on the Sabres. Probably share the same agent. Yeah, maybe. Um, speaking of Brandon Gooley, he just scored for Rochester. We uh, were talking a lot about 
things the Sabres could add. We didn't necessarily talk about what they would give to trade for things like that. Like, what are they really working with here? You're talking about picks? Like, what what do they have in the in the cupboard? Tim Murray kind of emptied a lot of it. But they still have stuff other teams would want. The question is whether the Sabres should be willing to trade these things. One piece that if I'm another team that I'm asking if it's available is Jake McCabe. I don't want to do that if I'm a Sabre fan. I don't think they should do that. But if I'm another team, that's what I want. 25-year-old, borderline top four defenseman. He's good. And he only cost me $1.6 million on the cap. And then he's an RFA after this year. That's valuable. Because obviously you're not getting, unless there's some major move, Ristolainen's not being traded. Dalian and Eichler are untouchables. Reinhardt is close to that. Maybe Rodriguez. Middlestat's that. Thompson's that at this point. He, um, he makes no money, and he's been pretty yeah. you know, useful. Someone would maybe want Rodriguez, but at that point, like that's taking away from what you're already weak at. So I don't know if that's something realistic. Like they could trade Jake McCabe, and although I don't think that's a good idea, and I wouldn't want to do that, I don't think most fans would want to do that, you could stomach that. You've got bodies back there. They're not great. Like if I got to play Nathan Beaulieu more, he's been okay this year, but I'm not in a great place if I'm subbing out Jake McCabe for Nathan Beaulieu unless I'm really getting some substantial value somewhere else on my team. But at least you have bodies back there. You're not trading Caposo, you're not trading Scandella or Bulgosian. No one's taking those contracts. Connor Sherry. You just traded for him, though. You're not doing that. Nobody's going to want Giergensen's or Larson. They don't have a lot that you would trade off this roster. It's going to be either a guy like McCabe, which, like I said, there's flaws against that. You're going to end up trading picks. They have three firsts this year. They actually don't have a second, and they do have a third and a fourth, um, although the fourth is not theirs. And you know, not prospects. You're, you mentioned Alex Nylander before the break. Mm-hmm. I wonder what kind of value he is right now. I just, you know, I just saw what Justin Bailey got traded for, and I don't want that in any prospects anymore. But Nylander's like a shot prospect. He's not even a prospect anymore. Like, he's a he's an AHLer at this point. He's been around long enough. So he already has Bailey value, AHLer. you're saying. Who? Nylander? Yeah. I don't, well, I think not it's different. There. I think it's different because he's younger, for one. He's only 20. And he was a top 10 pick. That will, even if the player is not worthy of that pick, just that number next to his name when you look him up that is going to hold some sort of value and he's been better this year in the AHL I mean last year he had 27 points all year the year before that he had 28 points all the, all year he's at 25 right now so he's going to have his best year in the AHL but then again third year down there and 25 points in 37 games it's all right nine goals if you're not cracking 20 goals in the AHL and you were a top 10 pick and it's your third year down there, I'm, I mean, I'm already worried, but I'm, I'm nearing giving up at that point. Because when I'm starting to talk about a first-round pick that's playing year four, year five in the AHL, that's when the, the word bust starts coming out. I think GMs like to find that Mark Savard or Marcus Naslin that's just a late bloomer, though. Mm-hmm. So that's why he'll always have value. It doesn't happen a lot anymore, though. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. And like I said, I wonder what he would even get you in a trade. If you're trying to win right now, which, like I said, I don't think the Sabres are really in that type of position. I think that could be something that they're in line for next year. 
and especially going forward after that. But if you were in that mode, like Nylander is something you would trade, for sure. That's something you would be floating around to other GMs around the league. Too bad Peter Shirelli's not around anymore to try to get something off of him. Well, but, it's Wayne's brother now. Yeah, but we'll see what he is. Um, <laughs> like, that, that is what you got to be looking at if you're in that type of mode. I don't think they're there. Gooley would be another name for that. Like, those are your top two prospects in the AHL. Same draft, I think. Tim Murray traded no, Brian Gou- Flynn. Gooley might have been 2015. That, 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 that did happen. You know, went, Tim Murray traded uh, Brian Flynn and he got some value back. So, right. you know, just got to find a willing partner. But see, a thing about Nylander and a thing about Gooley is that when you are looking to trade guys like that, for one, you're normally in a playoff spot. And two, you know, the, the the level of prospect they are, I think, vary team by team. I think some people might still hold Nylander in high regard. Some people might look at him from the optimistic point of view. And I don't know what, where the Sabres would land in this right now, but other teams, there will be some that say, hey, 20 years old, he was probably in the AHL before he should have been. He was great in the OHL as a prospect. He's come along. He's playing better this year. He was great in World Juniors when he was there. I'll take a shot at him while his price is low. I'd be wanting to do that if I'm another GM. If I can get a former top 10 pick that is on the cheap, do it. Gooley, similar thing. Last year, two years ago, at this point, I mean, we were talking about him as being a bona fide top four defenseman at some point in his career. He was Part of that might have been overhyped because he was the number one defenseman prospect in the system. But now... He lost. He couldn't beat Casey Nelson out for a job this year. This is supposed to be the year he broke through. So, what do you get for those two? If I'm only getting a Charlie Coyle for one of those, I'm not doing that. Definitely not. But, if I get something a little better than that. Like, I'm looking at the Ducks right now. The Ducks are poised to blow things up. And I don't know what that would mean for them. If I can find a way to pry Ricard Raquel away from them, 25 years old, he's on a really good contract. That's what I mean. I don't he know is, if they do that. But he is struggling this year. That's why I wonder. If they want to go full blow up, you can maybe take advantage of him not having a great year and try to get him out of there. That was a 70-point guy. That was a guy who's had 30 goals twice in his career, 20 goals uh, the year before that. And this year, even though it's a down year, like 24 points, it's not bad, but I wonder if that would be, like, that. that's the type of trade that I would be willing to trade either a Nylander or a Ghoulie for. Would, that would be the type of player I'm looking for. A guy that when you first see his name, you might think, well, why are they trading him? Because the guys that are on the market now, I don't think those are guys that are going to, you know, as valuable enough to where I'd want to consider trading a Nylander or trading a Ghoulie. That's basically all the Sabres options uh, at trades. I, like, we pretty much covered them all in the last 45 minutes. And I think I'm still sold on my number two option for my poll, which would be trading something for kind of a guy like, he's not the best guy in the market, but he's a notable name. And that would be Charlie Coyle. I'm just using it as an example. Andre Burakovsky, I still think, is the better uh, idea to me for the Sabres because he's only 23 years old. He would be the name. And 47% of you agree that uh, trading something for a guy like Coyle is their best course of action the way that we're uh, trending towards the trade deadline. 8030550 is the phone number. Like I said, I'm going to talk a little basketball with uh, Nate Geary in about 15 minutes. We'll talk football later.
And I'm going to talk some song draft next. Just for a little bit. We got fr- we got two days, less than 48 hours until my first draft here in WGR. It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi, Mike Jafari here on WGR. Former Sabres great Rene Robert will be one of the stars taking shots at WGR celebrity roast of Buffalo Sabres legend Danny Gare. February 28th at the Grapevine Banquets in Depew. Tickets are on sale now at WGR550.com. We'll be coming back a little bit early. Uh, we'd like to energize, re-energize too and come back uh, you know, with a fresh slate here and, and get our guys energized. And, and we, you know, we start out in Columbus, a, a team that's going to be tough to play against. Sabres head coach Phil Housley. You know, I'm watching this Maple Leafs Capitals game on in here. It's on national TV tonight. And Alex Ovechkin just collided with teammate TJ Oshie. Big collision. He goes down, he's holding his head. Isn't this league supposed to have concussion spotters? Right? I, I'm, am I forgetting? Like, Am I making that up in my head? That's a thing. I think it's supposed to be. You're supposed to go into a dark room or some point or something, and they're supposed to examine you. No, Ovechkin just a thousand miles an hour runs into TJ Oshie. He's a big dude, one of his teammates. He goes down. They have to stop play. He's holding his head. I mean, <laughs> if you're a concussion spotter, how much easier does it get? This is another example. The NHL. Ugh. He's fine. And the NFL, he's fine, but they they don't know that. He's on the bench. No, That's why we that. think he's fine. You don't take him away to examine him. The NFL, I think, in a lot of in a lot of things, is only seeming to fix concussion stuff. Well, that's because they got to. sued, right? Because they got sued, and it's a PR thing. But well, the NHL got sued too. But yet here they are, and they are not taking it seriously on any level. The concussion spotters aren't doing their jobs because I got a guy sitting in front on my television right now, sitting on the bench when that just happened, and he's still sitting there. It's probably part of the reason that there's no there's no injury information anywhere in the sport. Like, wouldn't that make sense? You got sued. Wouldn't it make sense to not let the injury info out there? You want no one not you want to know why? Because then people don't know how many concussions you have in your sport if you never really keep track of them. Or maybe they keep track of them, they just don't release them to the public. But if you're not making that information readily available, then you're not allowing outside sources to research it, you're not allowing them to make judgments. So maybe that's a reason. I've always thought about why the NHL just refuses to tell anybody what the injuries are when every other sport does it. Maybe it's because of they don't want people to know how many concussions are in their sport. And they've that been doing sense. it for so long, and like it just it's worked. Like Nobody ever keeps like pushing and questioning. We just hey, kind of go on. There it is. They pulled them. All right. I'm not going to say I stand corrected, but... Maybe it's just to go to the bathroom. I mean, maybe. Uh, but, all right, good sign. That's what you want. You want your st- big one of the biggest stars in the league. He collides there. Big game. They've lost six in a row. They're playing the Maple Leafs on national television. You got to pull them off there. They did. All right, good job, concussion spotters. I take back some of the mean things I just said about you. Uh, he had a hat trick last night, by the way, in a seven to six loss. So Vetchkin, he's up to thirty six on the year. I'm telling you, he's going to break the goal record. He's going to do it. The more he scores, the less he has to do in the later years of his career. The less he has to hang around, and the dude might score sixty goals this year. 
I think he's going to break the record. There are two records in hockey right now that I personally think will be broken or if or will come very close to being Marlo, broken. Marlowe, right? Marlowe for the all-time games record. I think he's got to play like another two years, maybe even less. Oh, or maybe wow. it's a little he'll more. Do, he'll break that. Um, like Probably. His contract runs out, I think, after next year. But I think he'll probably do it. He's still a good enough player. And then Ovechkin for the goal record. And he's got to average like 30-something a year, if that, till age 40. And that's if he doesn't hang around longer than that. Um, I think those are the two records that are really on the table here. 803-0550 is the phone number. We're going to switch a little bit to the NBA for just a bit. Nate Geary is going to join me next. Been wanting to talk basketball for a while, so Nate's going to join me to do that. And then we'll talk some football in the second hour as well. It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi, Mike Jafari here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.